We're going to read Matthew 16 from New American Standard. Verse 13, chapter 16, verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So Jesus said to all of the disciples, he said, but who do you Say that I am. This is the question for the day. Who do you say that Jesus is? Now, when he's asking this question, you got to understand they've already been with him probably two years to this point. If you look at the timeline and what like theologians would say, probably about two years, maybe a year and a half. So they've been with him a while. You know, it was only three year ministry, right? So they're almost, they're getting. Not quite, but they're starting to move on the back end of the ministry, of the side of being in ministry with him. So you got to understand, he's, they've seen it all. And all the crowds, most of them that have traveled with him, they've seen it all. At, to this point, he's already healed the paralytic. He's fed the 4,000. He's cleansed the leper. He's cast out demons. He's healed the sick. He's preached to the masses. He's, he raised the girl from the dead. Remember that, the sick girl that actually ended up dying? He raised her from the dead. They've already seen all this. But he asks, who do they say that the Son of Man is? Now, interesting that he didn't say, who do they say, I am the Son of God. He did not reveal himself in that moment to the disciples, even though they knew. But there's a point here. Who do they say the Son of Man is? Remember, Jesus was 100% human and 100% God. Fully man, fully God. It doesn't make sense if you're a mathematician, because that's 200%, right? Fully human, fully God. So Jesus, a couple times, you'll see many times, actually, he's referred to as Son of Man or Son of God. I believe when he's referred to as Son of Man, he is embracing his humanity. Son of Man. He was also the Son of Mary. He, he was the Son of a human. But when he's referred to as Son of God, it's the divinity of who he is. I'm the Son of God. But he poses the question, not as, his, as the, the divine one, but as the one walking in humanity with them, the one who had the same kind of, you know, issues of whatever humans had, clothing issues and shoes, and he had to go to the bathroom. I mean, Jesus went to the bathroom. He probably told jokes. I mean, you know, he was a dude, you know? I think Kim and I would have had a had some stories, I tell you what. I think he was a kind of a joker, to be honest with you. So he says, who do they say the Son of Man is? So the disciples say, well, actually, they say that, that you may be John the Baptist. Which I find very strange, because John the Baptist baptized him. These people saw that. But they're saying, well, we think he's John the Baptist. Other people say... You're Elijah. Elijah's dead. So these cats think he was reincarnated Elijah. 
or some say Jeremiah. Jeremiah. He's, Jer he's a reincarnated Jeremiah. It's all, it's all weird. It's all weird stuff. There's a lot of, by the way, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of, but there are sometimes we allow strange fire into our church because we buy into some witchcraft that looks kind of like God. And I'll say this, not every fire is strange fire. Sometimes you think fire is strange fire because you don't have any fire. <laughs> so they say, they think, they think you're reincarnated. So then Jesus turns the question around. He says, okay, I know who they said, thank you. I know who your aunt said and who B Billy Bob said. Anybody have a friend named Billy Bob? Is that even a thing? Unless you live in the South, the deep South. But now I want to know who do you, who do you say that I am? And so Peter, of course, Peter. He answers. I can see Peter. I can see Peter. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm the first one to answer. Everyone be quiet. I'll get this. I got this right. Peter. I'm Peter. Well, I'm Simon. So it says, Simon Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So Peter goes right to it. He doesn't say, you are Jesus, the son of man. Uh-uh. He didn't fall for that. He says, you are the anointed one from heaven, son of the living God. This was Peter's confession of faith. Now, Peter already, I believe he already knew the Lord. Loved, you know, he knew the Lord. He loved the Lord. I believe he was saved. But this was his confession of faith. And here's what's funny. Well, it's not funny, funny, haha, funny, cool. Jesus' response to him. Now, I want you to know this. This is something that God's been revealing to me over, since for the last couple of years. Look at the first response of Jesus in every situation. This will tell you a lot about the heart for that situation and the heart for that person. What's the initial response that Jesus gives? I will also say this. Our initial response to tragedy tells us a lot about how we view God. Your initial response to tragedy tells me a lot about what you think about God. So Jesus says this, blessed are you. Let me tell you something. Blessing always comes with a confession of faith. There's always a kiss of heaven. When you declare who Jesus is, you're blessed. Who do you say that I am? You are the anointed Christ, son of the living God. Guess what? Blessing. And he says, blessed are you, Simon, Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And so Jesus goes right to the humanity of Peter and calls him Simon, his birth name, his given name, his Christian name. Remember you say that? What is your Christian name? That's like the old 
the Old West. Your Christian name. Now they, you get offended. You say somebody, you ask someone on the street, what's your Christian name? I'm not a Christian. You know. Anyway. So Jesus goes, hey, Simon, blessed are you, Simon. You know what Simon means? One who hears, one who listens. Blessed are you, listener. For now I call you Peter. Now I call you Peter. I am now speaking to your destiny. Here's what the world, here's how the world sees you, and here's what the world calls you. Here's how heaven sees you. You are now a rock. You know what's interesting? Um, that Jesus spoke this over him, yet he knew he would deny him down the road. Because Jesus, see, the prophetic sees the good. The prophetic calls out the good. It sees what heaven sees. So Jesus prophetically declares to him, I'm, you are now Peter, the rock. Or actually, it's a stone or small rock. And you'll see in a minute here. The uh, Greek is Petros. A stone is the literal translation. You are now a stone. You're going to deny me. He knows you're going to deny me three times. And you're going to say, I'm not going to do it. I would never deny you, God. He went right to his destiny and who he is. He says, no, because, uh, because somebody that was rock solid in the faith would not deny Christ. Don't you agree with this? Like, would you, like you, right, you say, you're not going to deny Christ, right? You're like, God, you know, God forbid you're in a situation where, you know, it's life or death. But anyway, you, we all say, well, we'll never deny Christ. We're solid, rock solid. Jesus goes right to the destiny of who Peter is and who he is and who heaven sees. He says, you are a rock. You're solid. Because when he does deny him, he can go back to who he is, not what he did. And so he says, you are a rock. And then he says this. He goes, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven, I call you Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. Now, don't get confused here. He didn't say Peter is the rock of the church. There's some weird teaching out there. Now, Peter, you are a stone or a rock, but upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, I love that Jesus also and Peter in that solidified the divinity of who Christ is. And I tell you, this is important because there is this move in the church I've seen, and I've, it's popping up again, where Christians are questioning the divinity of Christ. Not like the full divinity, like, yes, he's the son of God, but that he's not equal with God. That he's less than God. But let me clear that up for you pretty quickly here. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, capital W is always Jesus, the Word of God, the Word of heaven. Jesus is the Word. He's the living Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. They're never separate. And the Word was God. And so Peter says, you are son of the living God. 
Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm the perfect representation of God. Here's why this is an important question for us. Because if you don't know who he is, you don't know who you are. You don't know who Jesus is, you don't know who you are. Then you're going to think he's just a prophet. Oh, he's a good prophet. I mean, even the Muslims think he was a good prophet. I mean, let, these guys were with him for two years. Two years, and they still, the answers that the disciples gave him was, well, you eat, yeah, we think you're reincarnated, so-and-so. You're just, you're just another prophet. That's not enough. That's not the answer. You have to know who you are. I was telling a story in first service. I had a cat. The cat did not know who, who he was. It was, a, it was actually a girl cat. She did not know who she was. She thought she was a dog. Now, I am not a dog guy. We had a dog, and it was fine, but it just didn't work out. I'm just not a dog. I'm, I actually like cats. Who likes cats? Here's the thing about cats. You've got to earn their affection. They don't just give it. You gotta earn it. Sometimes it takes years. But and I don't mind dogs. I just I just prefer cats. But I will tell you this: all dogs do go to heaven. It's in the Bible, somewhere, somewhere in Psalms. Actually, there's a, there's a verse in Psalms that says God re redeems man and beast. Interesting. So little Fluffy will be there with you. How could you go, I mean, how could you go eternity without your dog? How could you do it? Cats aren't going to heaven. Again, I'm a cat guy. Cats, we all know cats are going straight to hell. Here's how we know this. All right? If you have a cat, let's start with the dog. Dogs, if, if you step on a dog's tail, it's like it's, like it's their fault. You know, or if uh, you kick, kick a dog, you can scream at a dog, ah, dog, you stinking dog. And they're like, ah. but then the minute you just stop, they kind of run to you and they want to get in you. They want to lick you. And they're like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I destroyed the couch, but I'm sorry for being alive. Just, just love me. It's a dog. That's a Christian right there. The dogs are saved. You step on the tail of a cat. <laughs> that cat not only will scream and hiss and claw, they'll run away. They'll go to the other end of the house. You won't see them till the morning. And here's how you'll see them in the morning. You'll be awakened to this cat staring at you. The foot of your bed. Kind of doing this. That cat's thinking 24 ways to kill you. But we got two cats now. I'm not, we, got, we got a boy and a girl cat. And um, the only thing I don't like about cats is the litter box. Okay, like, plays. It's disgusting. But so the cat I had... As a young man uh, in my 20s, the cat snaps the one that thought she was a dog. I trained her to go outside and pee and poop. Now, it took a little while of peeing and pooping in the house, but over the long, I had this cat for like 15 years. She was like, she didn't, she, 
she would like even pant, I think. And she would go to the door and she'd meow or bark and she'd, she'd you know, do the thing with her paws and it's like it's time to go pee. Well, these two little kitties that we have now, we don't want to let them outside, right? Vegas, there's nowhere to go in Vegas but be, getting eaten by coyotes. So they're in the house and they're, we've had them for a while. But there's two. So I told my wife the other day, did you realize two is double everything? That's double the poop in the litter box. Litter box, like the cats come out of the litter box. I don't know what this has to do with anything. I'm just telling you, you're in my mind right now. You're in my head. They come out of the litter box, and they get the litter, and it's all over their paws, and they're, 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 they're prancing around the whole house, and there's litter, dirty litter all over the house. And I tell my kids, you better clean that litter box. You better mop. You better do all the, not just the box. You better vacuum. You better do it all because I don't want no stinking dirty litter. It's bottom of my feet's full of litter. Can't even go to bed without showering. It's like minefield. There's a litter there. There's a little bit there. Is anybody with me? I know you're with me, right? Come somebody else with me. Let me see if I can merge this story into this. Yeah, cats aren't safe. Cats, you know what? I'm not even going to try. I did it in the first service. I don't remember. I'm not going to merge the two. I just thought about a cat because my cat thought he was, she was a dog. She didn't know who she was. Obviously, she didn't know who she was because she didn't know who I was. I just did it right there. All right. Jesus says to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell will not overpower it. This is a declarative statement, a declarative statement by Jesus that can never be changed. This is a fact of life. The gates of hell will not overpower the church, period. I don't care what kind of lockdown you try. The gates of hell will never stop the move of God. And he says this. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. This was... This was Jesus's authoritative charge to the church. If you bind it on earth, it's bound in heaven. Now, you got to understand, this is to the church. He's talking. He says, upon this rock, me, I'm going to build my church, and I'm giving the keys of the kingdom to the church. This is why it's important, friends, to be in the church. Not just the building, but the building is important. I remember if those of you who were here when Zach was our esteemed leader, he would say very often, you're not the church alone. Remember he would say this? You're not the church alone. Uh, this weirdos. You, get con- you know, we have conferences here, and we draw some weirdos when we have the conferences. And it's cool because the, because the supernatural... Um, is attractive. And if anybody is kind of delving in any sort of supernatural, they, they'll come to church and it's good. And we want to see them get delivered. And, but then you have these Christians who are, you ask them what church you go to. And you know, the answer, I am the church. No, you're not. 
You're like opposite of the church, actually, and you need a shower. Okay, I just threw that in there. All right, all right. Calm down. Okay. Settle down. Settle down. We're the church together. We're the church. We are the church. That's why it's important not to be divisive in the church. That's why we can't fall to the political spirit that wants so badly to divide and sever the church. Don't let it do it. Don't do it. King Jesus is is who we serve. Not President Biden, not President Trump. It's King Jesus. We might not agree on all this stuff, and it's important to vote in people that understand the Constitution of the United States and understand we're not China. It's very important. But at the end of the day, we serve, all of us serve, whether our preferences, uh, political preferences are, we serve one king. Some may speak in, some may not speak in tongues. Some may, some may not believe in healing. I mean, if you're a Christian that doesn't believe in healing, I, I mean, I feel real bad for you because, my goodness, I couldn't even imagine going through life thinking, you know, if I'm sick, God can't heal me. I mean, it's just like, I'm just at the whimsy of life and the sovereignty of God. If you're going to take me, you're going to take me. I mean, come on. Really? Why even pray then? I mean, give me a break. Anyway. Jesus says this. The word church there, when he says, I will build my church, the word there is ecclesia. Ecclesia. Ecclesia is not a religious term. He was purposely not using a religious term. Ecclesia is like governing authority. So what Jesus is saying is, I'm giving you governing authority of heaven, the church. And I'll say this. The church, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The church is, is the authority of a country. Listen, the church, the church is the one that dictates and releases the spiritual climate of a nation. You want a nation that is blessed? Have a nation of churches that know who they are. So he says this, you have the keys now. Keys represent authority. You have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be loosed, abound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That also pertains, yes, it was the church, the global church, the ecclesia, but it also is true in your life because you're part of the church. So you can walk into a situation and you can say, I have the keys to heaven because I'm a son. Why? Because I know who he is, and I know who he is in me, and I can walk in the authority of heaven. Listen, wherever God's placed you, you have authority. I mean, this is like, this is like 101 here. Like, if God's placed you somewhere at a job, you have authority in that realm. You have spiritual authority. You're the, you're the atmosphere changer. You know, I said that, somebody got mad at me recently about, because I would say, I said, you change the atmosphere. They got really offended at me. How it changed the atmosphere? What does it mean? Like, well, here's what it means is if Jesus is with you, wherever Jesus went, he changed the atmosphere. Here's a good example. One of the names of Jesus is Prince of Peace, right? So if the Prince of Peace resides in you, I can walk into a chaotic situation and release the peace of heaven. And people around can be like, wow, it's, what's going on here? There's a sh- literally, there's a shift, physical shift, because a supernatural uh, thing occurred where you walked into a room and something happened physically because there was a change in the atmosphere. They don't even know it. 
You ever been around people that are just like, it's chaos, their whole life is chaos? What's that, what's the uh, cartoon, uh, what's that guy that, like, he had... Pigpen, like Charlie Brown. It's like everywhere it was just like, you know, he had that thing over him. It was like, everything was like... What did you say? The Tasmanian devil. No, that dude was a chaos maker. Yeah. It didn't follow him. It was him. You know, you... You know, you get around negative guys, and it's like, I'll tell you, one, one of two things happens. Either, either you get negative, or they get positive. And it, there's points when boundaries have to be drawn, and you gotta, re, you got to remove yourself from negative people, and you got to re, remove yourself from constant chaos and drama. And it's like, man, there's always drama following you. It's always something. What's the common denominator? You! You're the common denominator. Why does that always thing always happen to me? It's always happening to you. Why is it always happening to you? Maybe because you don't know who you are, because you don't know who he is, because when you know who he is in you, you begin to walk out the destiny. Like you go from Simon to Peter. You go from Jacob to Israel. You walk in your destiny. God's most glorified in you when you're doing exactly what you're created to do. Lee, come on up, and I'm going to end with this. And I find this hilarious, honestly, guys. He, he then tells them after all this, I mean, they've been with him for two years. After all this, and he says, who do you say they am? And they say, you're the Christ, son of the living God. He says, I'm going to give you the keys. You're going to be able to loose things on earth. Man, you're going to do some amazing things. And then he says, but don't tell anybody who I am. Doesn't that strike you as odd? Man, the whole purpose, one of the, well, one of the main purposes we're here on earth is to spread the gospel. You're telling me I can't tell people who you are? That doesn't make sense. You know why he said that? Because just like it was with Peter when he said, you, I wasn't revealed to you in flesh and blood. It's like I want people to be, I want, I want to be revealed to people in spirit and in truth like you were. You don't need to tell them who I am. Let God reveal who I am. Because they've already seen it and they still don't believe it. You don't need to say another thing. Let heaven reveal. You understand it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It's his kindness. The Bible says we are wooed by the Holy Spirit. I had a professor in college, in Bible college, once get all upset at a guy. He said, he's telling us a story. He was an evangelism boss. He's like, man, I was preaching to this guy, and I was leading him to the Lord, and I was weeks, whatever, of it. And then I, he was so close, and my friend came in and swooped it in and, and get, led him in the sinner's prayer. And he said, I didn't get any credit for it. And he said to us in a class, he said, I saved that man. And even as a young, idiot, 18-year-old in college, I thought, man, that does not sit well with me. You can't save Jack squat. What you can do is you can point them to who is the man, but they have to have it revealed to them I was talking earlier this is my personal thing if you want to do this this is fine it's 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 not going to be a staple of our church we do not pass out tracks 
uh, you can do tracks. I know somebody, I know one person that got saved by a track, so I think it's fine. But I don't want to be, and we don't want to be known as like salesperson. Oh my gosh, there's that encounter church person. I can't get away from him. All they want to do is like, it's like, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Maybe you need to be quiet and let Jesus reveal himself through you by just loving them. I, I had this friend that I was, uh, he was in ministry, but he had, a, he had the gift of evangelist. You know, he was an evangelist. I'm not an evangelist. I'll tell you right now, I'm not an evangelist. Um, but he was an evangelist. So we'd go to the store just to get, get stuff, and he's always passing out cards and come to church. Everybody, come to church, which is fine. Come to church. I think you should invite people to church. But then he's witnessing, and he's, we're at the, you know, we're, at, we're just getting our food, and he's like, oh, you know, oh, do you know Jesus? And it's like, this is all really good stuff. But, dude, I just wanted to get my food and leave. Like, just let me. So I told him after the second time, I said, I'm not going anywhere with you anymore. Because everywhere we go, you want to just, like, almost like berate people, to be honest with you. I said, that's fine. If you want to do that, I just, I don't want to do it. I just, like, I want to just get my stuff and, like, go home, you know. He says, well, we're called to preach the gospel. I said, yeah, we are. And I said, here's how I do it. If I walk in in a supermarket and the Holy Spirit says to go to that person and pray or ask them what they need or give them money or invite them to church, I will do it 100% of the time. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. I will always do that. If you want to go and do that to every single person, that's fine. But I got to tell you, not everybody's ready. So my whole thing was, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus only did what the Father did. He only did what the Father did. I only want to do what the Father tells me to do. I've been walking through the store. I One time, oh my gosh, I was at the store. I saw this gal on and she was, uh, I don't know, she was in like, like crutches or something. And I walked by and Holy Spirit says, go pray for her healing. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? That sounds like Satan. What? That ain't the Lord. That's not God. That's my flesh. He says, nope, I want you to go pray for her. I want you to release healing. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But I always obey. So I said, okay, God, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go around the store. It's, no, no kidding. I'm going around the store. If she's still in this aisle, I'll pray for her. It's a little test, a little test, God. Yeah, I'll see if it's God. So I'm, I'm taking my time around the store. You better believe it. Don't you say, oh, I don't need this, but let me just throw this in here, kind of putting my head down. Get back. Oh, my gosh, she's in the same spot. I said, oh, Jesus. So I go up and I say, hey, oh, man, what happened? Oh, my hip sore or whatever. I'm like, I you know what? I know the healer, Jesus. I, I'd love to pray with you. And, and I prayed with her and I ministered. Now, I'd love to say she got healed there. She didn't. But that wasn't the point, was it? I deposited something. I introduced her to Jesus because Holy Spirit said to go and do this. So hear my heart here. If you want to witness to every single person, go for it. Honestly, it's fine. But don't feel condemnation if somebody says you have to do it just like I do. I prefer power evangelism, prophetic power evangelism with the Holy Spirit tell you what to do. Because you want, you want to have a pretty good success rate, just do what Jesus says to do. 
don't be presumptuous. Anyway, I can't believe I, I'm like a preacher saying that, but I'm not saying not to witness. Please hear my heart. I'm saying don't be a salesman. This is not Avon. Boy, I dated myself there. Avon? This is not Kirby vacuums. Right? Here comes the Christian again who's got no money, can barely pay his bills, drives a car that doesn't work and wants me to go get serve his God. I don't think so. It's another reason why Listen, Jesus doesn't want you poor. As, as Tony would say, hear me by the Spirit. It's true. He doesn't want, he doesn't want poverty. He's kids in poverty. How do you know that? Do you want your kids in poverty? How much greater is he than we are? I mean, some of you might want your kids in poverty. Then you need to get prayed for. You're the cat. You need to be a dog. You need to get saved. Come on, let's stand. Allow Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. I want to do this real quick. I want you to close your eyes and actually see this, this picture. This graphic is pretty cool. I want you to look at this graphic, and I want you to get that image, the, the uh, silhouette of what could be Christ. Let's just say it is Christ, right? He's got the robe and everything. Now close your eyes, and as you see, his hands are extended and they're open to you. And I want you to hear him ask you this question. He's not concerned about what your spouse thinks, about what your son, your daughter, what your boss, what your mom, what your dad, what your cat or dog thinks. He's asking you this morning, who do you say that I am? I want you to take some time and I want you to answer him honestly. And now I want you to ask him, Jesus, who do you say that I am? Whoa, yeah. Come on, let him reveal his heart towards you. He's changing some of your names today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm going to call our prayer team.